0: Women Podcast for your career and your life no matter what business you're in.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the final episode in this power up season of the Northern Power Women Podcast. My name's Tamar Roche and this season I've been honoured to talk to amazing role models from across the north who've been kind enough to offer up their time, their advice, their guidance and own experiences on a wealth of topics as we strive to build forward better. Last week we heard from Liverpool Football Club's Rishi Jane discussing the importance of creating inclusive cultures and the importance of male allies. This week we're building on the topic and talking about overcoming barriers while we're also blazing a trail and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Irene Affle, who has had a hugely successful career to date, including Merseyside Police, where she overcame race and gender barriers, direct and indirect discrimination to become the first ever black female inspector in their history. Irene is a multi-award winning businesswoman, the founder and director of Amatrine Coaching and Consulting, where she pursues her passion for diversity inclusion. She's a TEDx speaker, has a master's degree in police leadership and has a published author author on academic research around equality. I means also the chair of Professional Liverpool and little did i know she also plays touch rugby and loves a good old hike who knew irene's a brilliant friend supporter of both northern power women and northern power futures welcome irene while i get my breath back after that introduction thank you simone Uh, i don't know who you're talking about There doesn't sound like me (laughs) that's a great introduction it's amazing
0: touch rugby just tell me about that (laughs) oh gosh yeah um came across it quite late in my life um through my son really because my son plays rugby for a local team and I was approached by one of the parents who used to see me go running while my son was training and thought you're fit why don't you join our team and I'm thinking rugby must be I've never played rugby but I went down for a training session loved it absolutely loved it and I've been playing now for five years so yeah
1: Amazing. I love that when I find out new things about our brilliant (laughs) community out there. So it's fantastic. But it doesn't surprise me, you know, you are a woman of first, the first ever black female inspector in the history of Merseyside Police. Where did your drive come from to kind of take that space that no one like you would ever occupy before? Well, you know, it's it's a funny phenomenon,
0: really, because it's not something that I strove to do. And I didn't actually realize when I'd achieved it. All I knew is that I had in my mind a career path. I had goals that I'd set for myself when I joined the organization. And I was just working towards my own personal goals. And then it happened when I looked up and it happened. So it wasn't something I strove to do. It wasn't something I was like, oh, I'm going to be the first at this because I didn't realize I just wanted to get on with the job. I wanted to be the best that I could be. I um, wanted to prove to myself what I could achieve. So I set myself goals and I worked towards achieving those goals. And I did.
1: I think when you're the first at something as well, it can come with that almost sense of pride, but also that sense of responsibility and weight. How did you deal with that on your shoulders? You know, you are an awesome role model, right? How do you how do you? factor in that the number one the first well it was
0: I mean it was a great sense of achievement and a really proud moment for me and for the family as well Um, and you know I think for me because it gave me that voice within the organization I was happy to take on that role to be that advocate for other uh, black staff within the organization so for me it was like well I've managed to achieve this I want to support others I want to help bring others up because you know I'm I'm just one person, aren't I? And I knew there was so much, so much talent in the organisation, so much black talent in the organisation. And I wanted to support them to achieve and to, to, you know, to do what I was doing and exceed beyond what I was doing, you know, for the younger members of the, um, the organisation. So for me, it was about giving back and um, supporting others to, to bring them on.
1: And I think that's so important. And you were clearly that visible role model. But who were your role models and who were your mentors as you were coming through and up the ranks? You know, I'm going to go back to my
0: primary school to talk about um, why I kind of have the self-belief that I have. Number one, obviously, my mum. She always instilled in all of us, education, 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 do well at school, make sure you get your education. That's the most important thing. Then you can do what you want to do. So in my primary school, um, I went to a local school in Wavertree called St. Hughes, and I had a form teacher called Mr. Price, and I'll never forget him because that man really instilled self-belief in me in terms of like my studies at school. And he was always and um, sort of giving me sort of um, praise around, you know, you can do what you want to do. You put your mind to it you can work hard, you know, and he was really, really supportive. And I loved school. I absolutely loved primary school. And then that kind of um, spilled over into secondary school. Then I was thinking, yeah, I can do it. I can achieve. And, and I was really competitive. I am a competitive person by nature. So I had to be top of the class. I had to be best at this. I had to be best at that. So I really, really worked hard in school and was quite academically gifted so but that self-belief came from that teacher believing in me in primary school because I went to a school that was predominantly white and I lived in an area that was predominantly white and at that time I was suffering racial abuse um, from young people in the area and his belief in me helped me to overcome those you know those horrible experiences growing up and I'll never forget him I, I don't know where he is now what he's doing now, but he is um, one of the key players to sort of help me, who has helped me to believe in myself and to strive. So moving on into the police now, I mean, there were a number of people who kind of were Allies, I would say allies and who supported me in um you know when I was sort of struggling a little bit, when I was having, you know, issues as you do, you know, issues around sexism, issues around racism. And I had a number of really, really um key supports. And those key supports happened to be white men, which for me was really, really important because at the end of the day, although they couldn't like live my experience and and know what I was going through, they were supportive in the sense that they wanted to root out that discrimination so that was really really important for me and also forming a network the Black Police Association which was a support network for black staff that was really really important because we were able to share our experiences we were able to support each other and we were able to have a collective voice and that really was one of the key um key things that helped me to progress within the organisation because we helped, we had that support and we could support each other.
1: And I think there's so something so important about, I love that, that self-belief that's instilled in you at such a young age and having these, you know, white male allies and agents of change, as Rishi talked about uh, last week, if you like. But what advice would you give to someone who is, is faced with a situation where they don't feel represented or seen? And what what tips could you give for them to own that space? How can you instill that self-belief in them? How can you pass Mr. Price on to them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: that's, that's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, you have to own your own... Um, Abilities, own your own skills, look at look at who you are, look at what you do, what are you good at? And really, really, really give yourself self-praise. That's the most important thing is praising yourself and knowing what you're good at and holding your ground and standing on your own two feet. Self-belief is a difficult one really because you know it does come from within, but mine was instilled from without. <laughs> If that makes sense. So it's really, really important to have supportive people around you, people who believe in you, people who can push you, people who, you know, who can... Um, help to to sort of engender that self-belief within you, you need positive people around you who believe in you, that's really, really important, but also recognising within yourself what you are good at and what you know you're capable of, and for me, sort of having that um, self-belief instilled in me early in life, I did actually believe, well, there's nothing I can't do if I put my mind to it, it's just about determination and perseverance, but it does take hard work as well, you know, nothing comes on a plate and nothing certainly fell on a plate for me, I had, to work hard. I had to set my mind to working hard. And that was fine because I'm competitive (laughs) and I wanted to work hard and I wanted to be the best I can be. So it's about that self-belief is about wanting to be the best you can be and recognizing that you have a unique talent that nobody else has. Nobody can do things the way you do them. And you have that uniqueness and you need to push that out there and show people what you're capable of.
1: I think they're great, great tips. And actually, everything you're saying there is almost giving me goosebumps in a way because. It, it it sort of reflects on why I created Northern Power Women, if you like. I remember speaking to that guy in that place that one time where it's like, oh, you can't recruit women and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff he said. And th- that one thing I thought, right, I need to recruit the good guys. I need to find the good guys and the good allies. You know, mm-hmm. I need to then create, you talk about self-belief and you talk about building that positive network. I wanted to create an environment where it was good to high five yourself and create a positive environment because that you know sort of attracts your tribe doesn't it as well Mm -hmm. and it makes that you know you know me I'm overly enthusiastic you're overly enthusiastic you know is that is that buzziness isn't it that comes you know so I think you know one of the questions I was going to ask is you know where do you find those great great allies but I think you've already answered it in creating that 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 sort of ring around you isn't it Mm -hmm.
0: You absolutely have to surround yourself with positive people. You have to surround, seek out. And and the thing is, when you put those pos- that positivity out there, you get it back. And people will be attracted to you because of your positivity. Those positive people will be attracted to you. Because I look at you, Simone, and you know, and as soon as I met you, it was like, oh my goodness, I want to be in this woman's company. <laughs> I have to be in this woman's company. And it is all about positivity, isn't it? It's all about recognizing uplifting supporting high-fiving and being in that positive environment and that really does help to drive your confidence and helps to drive your self-belief when you're surrounded by people who are telling you that you are you deserve to be here you need to own your own space you absolutely have the skills you absolutely have the talent and you need to be you know you need to drive yourself forward and believe in yourself and when you're around people like that you can't help but just really kind of just push yourself forward and and motor and believe that yeah I can achieve anything I can absolutely achieve anything I mean the power circles that we've been part of you know when you, when you're mixing with so many powerful talented women and you know often I do have imposter syndrome and think oh my god I shouldn't be in this circle look at what all these women have achieved why am I here kind of thing but that you know the, it's so welcoming The are so positive they're so uplifting but they're giving back as well they're giving back of themselves what they you know the struggles that everybody's come through because lots of the women in those power circles have had struggles you know they've had barriers they've had struggles nothing's come easy but they've just got down put the head down and worked and worked and worked till they got to where they got where they've gotten to and that's down to drive determination self-belief and resilience Because you really do have to have a resilient mindset to fight some of these barriers and battles that are faced, you know, by women and faced by people from minority groups. You know, there's lots and lots of battles that you have to overcome. But the more barriers you overcome, the more resilient you become, because it all becomes a mindset and you think, no, I'm not having this. I know that I deserve to be there. And I'm going to get there. If I have to smash down these barriers to get there, I will get there. And that's where the self-belief comes in, you know, showing that you are capable and believing in yourself and not giving up, not giving up at all. 100%.
1: 100%. So if someone listening feels as though that they could be an ally you talked about those uh those white men as you you know in, in your police career you know like they've not had my lived experience they've not walked in my shoes but they they chose to be an ally and we might not have called it an ally then might if we you know we talk about sponsorship allyship we didn't talk about that language but if someone really thinks God, I want to do something but I don't want to say the wrong thing I don't know what language to use how should they approach someone with less privilege who may benefit without seeming in heavy-handed or trying to come in with a superhero cape what do they do i mean you know that's where the mentoring
0: comes in and and plays a really really great part. you know because i mean some organizations have a formal mentoring networks and some have informal mentoring networks and it's just about approaching um an individual because if you're coming from a place of honesty and a place of really wanting to support somebody you can have an open conversation you can say well you know I recognise that our organisation has barriers from people from minority groups, and I want to change that. And what can I do to support you with your career? You know, perhaps you know if if you would be open to it, perhaps I can mentor you. Because at the end of the day, it's not just the mentee that learns; the mentor learns. So the mentor will learn from those experiences that the you know the the individual has those barriers, those discriminations, and then they can actually will they actually have the power to make that change within the organisation if they're in that position of privilege? So it's a two-way street, you know, it's not just one way, it's a two-way street and how you can approach it is, you know, I recognise that the organisation is not perfect. I recognise that there are barriers within the organisation for people from certain groups, certain minority groups. I want to make a change of that. I think that you could help me, you could teach me from your experiences and hopefully I can help you with my position to, you know, to sort of instill some um, learning from your end as well, you know, some knowledge, some skills, some, you know, things that you may need to overcome these barriers. So it's a two-way street. And if anybody approaches somebody, if somebody approached me with that kind of, um, with that kind of speech, I'd be like, absolutely. (laughs) Because yeah, I know I can teach you stuff and I would really love to, to learn what you've got to teach me as well to progress my career. So that's a way but that allies can sort of make a difference and use their positions of privilege, not only to pass on the knowledge and the privilege that they have, but also to learn about the barriers that those who aren't in those privileged positions, what they face on a day to day basis and what their experiences is on a day to day basis, because then they can make some organisational policy change and some cultural change from their positions of privilege. So that's how I'd, I'd um, advocate that they go about that.
1: That is, that is amazing. And that is such really, really straightforward, practical advice. Start with an honest conversation. I mean, I cannot thank you enough for joining us. That was such brilliant top tips and really helped us kind of finish this power up season on such a high. What a great set of tips. What a great set of insights. And don't forget, you've got to have that self-belief. Absolutely. If, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do check out our other six episodes, Just discussing top tips for gaining board positions, advice on mentoring, how to level up, be an agent of change. And please do share and pass on these mini guides. And don't forget, every episode has a cheat sheet that goes with it to support the season. Next week, we're so excited. We're going to be kicking off our award season. It's going to be called the Rise Up season with the utterly fabulous Sarah Davis MBE founder of Crafters Companion, no less. Latest Dragon, a newly announced Strictly Come Dancing contestant and winner of the Northern Power Women Awards Entrepreneur of the Year. So please join us as we launch the nominations. Get ready to high five yourself. We've talked about that today. And here's Sarah's guide. Please do join in the conversation at North Power Women on Twitter and Northern Power Women on all our other socials. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Leave us a review too. We'd also love that. I'm Sarah Rose and you been listening to the Northern Power Women podcast power-up season and what goes on media production. Hello.